There are other uh, developments that I think are positive and make one uh, somewhat more hopeful for the future. Among these is the uh, partially successful statehood campaign uh, that the Palestinian Authority has waged over the past couple of years. Although it was blocked at the United Nations Security Council through the uh, interposition of geopolitical uh, pressures, uh, Palestine gained membership in UNESCO and it also, uh, on, in, on November 29th of 2012, uh, was acknowledged to be a state, non-member state, observer state, uh, by the General Assembly. It's interesting, in this sense, there, in this kind of technical, legal, diplomatic sense, there already is a Palestinian state. And John Quigley, a well-respected uh, uh, scholar, has published a book arguing quite uh, convincingly that from an international law perspective, Palestine already exists as a state and has most of the uh, uh, prerogatives, potentially, that a state would have. So there is a, a, a difference in status that could be, uh, uh, that could lead to a uh, more militant tactics on the part of the Palestinian Authority. And what is feared, I think, by those that support the uh, status quo is some kind of recourse uh, by Palestine to the International Criminal Court or to some other uh, body that could adjudicate authoritatively on the violations of international criminal law and international human rights law that are associated uh, with uh, Israeli policies. I think also that is uh, a positive development has been the change in the main tactics of Palestinian resistance in the direction of nonviolence. Uh, this has uh, enabled a growing solidarity movement globally to, to evolve and it has uh, strengthened the so-called BDS campaign, Boycott, uh, Divestment and Sanctions, which has scored a, a series of recent uh, victories, including the success of several divestment initiatives at a growing number of American universities. Also, I think the uh, behavior of Palestinian hunger strikers in the last uh, several months has dramatized uh, the cruelty of the occupation. And it has done so in a variety of ways that I don't have time to uh, discuss, but are part of a wider process uh, that has uh, led to a shift in world public opinion from seeing uh, the Jewish 
population of Israel as essentially the victims of a historical, uh, a, a, a historical genocide in the form of the Holocaust, uh, to, to a converting of that perception in, in uh, world public opinion to seeing the Palestinians as an essentially oppressed people. And that's a major shift, I believe. And it is occurring even in the United States, which is, I think, probably the last to uh, make this adjustment to uh, this a new set of realities. I think another uh, development that has been important in shaping the present context is the pattern of Israeli defiance of international law, uh, starting with the uh, attack on Lebanon in 2006, the attack on Gaza at the end of 2008 and again in 2010, the Mavi Mamara incident of 2010. All of these uh, uh, postures of disrespect for international law have led to an increasing global isolation of Israel, which is an important factor in the wider uh, global setting. And it, it would not, uh, it, it, Israel is not what I would call a pariah state at this point, but it certainly is seen as an outlier country in relation to accepting the responsibilities of a state to respect international law. And in that sense, it is losing to the Palestinians what I call the legitimacy war being waged for the high moral and legal ground in the conflict. A further positive development from the perspective of the Palestinian struggle is the reorientation of Turkish foreign policy, both in terms of a weaker relationship uh, with Israel, if not a, uh, a tense and uh, uh, antagonistic relationship, but also a greater show of support for the Palestinian struggle, and particularly for the uh, uh, particularly an empathetic response to the situation of the 1.7 million uh, Gazans that have lived under uh, a blockade for more than uh, five years. I think a further uh, important development has been uh, the shaky but definite democratization of the Arab world that has occurred since 2011. And the significance of this, at least over a longer period of time, is that it creates a governing process that tends to be more responsive to the pro-Palestinian uh, public opinion. 
The very nature of political democracy is the responsive, responsiveness of government to the population, to the citizenry. And the more democratic these Arab governments become, uh, other things being equal, which they never are, the more uh, supportive I would anticipate uh, they would be toward uh, the Palestinian uh, objectives of uh, self-determination. And finally, I think the drift in military technology in the region increases the vulnerability of Israel in further armed encounters. That was evident in the 2010 uh, conflict that erupted in relation to Gaza, where uh, the sophistication of the rockets uh, was uh, increased over what they had been uh, two years earlier. And this, this is a dynamic throughout the region. And in this sense, in my view, Israel has a realist self-interest in finding a way to resolve the conflict, but it doesn't seem to have penetrated their political imagination at this point, at any rate. Now let me uh, shift to this uh, question of the uh, two-state solution, which has uh, for so long uh, been proclaimed as the uh, only responsible way of thinking about the future of Palestine. And it's uh, interesting in many ways that uh, even uh, peace activists in Israel, such as Jeff Harper, who's very clear thinking uh, person, uh, has talked about the importance of emphasizing an end game in addressing the conflict. And uh, another uh, highly uh, respected Israeli uh, peace activist and former Knesset member, Yuri Avneri, uh, made remarks that were uh, very much, uh, very similar to the comments that President Obama made when he visited uh, Jerusalem uh, just uh, last month. And I think it's worth uh, quoting the Avneri language because uh, it is quite uh, uh, disturbing in one way for someone uh, with his uh, outlook. What he says is, peace must be based on what is commonly called the two-state solution, two states for two peoples, for the Israelis and the Palestinians. It is not only the best solution, it is the only solution. Those who bandy about other solutions are deluding themselves. There is no other solution. And then Obama's words uh, on the following day uh, to an audience of young Israelis in Jerusalem. And Obama said this, peace is possible. I'm not saying it's guaranteed. I can't even say that it is more likely than not. 
but it's possible. Negotiations will be necessary, but there's little secret about where they must lead. Two states for two peoples. Now what I think is interesting in a way is that beneath this common advocacy, there really are two models of the two-state solution. If you, and never has the uh, cliche, the devil lies in the details, been truer than it is in, with respect to the discourse on uh, what two-state means. For Avneri, who takes a humanistic approach, it would mean full Israeli withdrawal to the 1967 borders, uh, security and sovereignty rights on an equal basis for both Palestine and Israel, a Palestinian capital in East Jerusalem, removal of the settlements, and a significant recognition of Palestinian refugee rights. That, make, that model of a two-state solution is rather attractive uh, from a Palestinian uh, perspective given uh, the constraints imposed by, the, uh, by present realities. In contrast, what uh, Obama uh, stressed and what uh, Secretary of State Kerry elaborated upon was a much different image of a two-state solution. It stressed security, but only for Israel. And the formula for security included uh, the presence of Israeli uh, military forces in the Jordan Valley, uh, very little dismantling of settlements, a significant modification of borders, and generally, a silence about the future of Jerusalem and a overriding sympathy with the reluctance of Israel to move toward any kind of reconciliation. But what is, I think, important to understand is that both of these models of a two-state solution are from, a, from the perspective of being political projects, non-starters. Avneri is too optimistic about what is attainable given the character of the Israeli uh, leadership and the Israeli approach to these issues. No foreseeable Israeli government uh, would embrace a two-state model of the sort that uh, Avneri was advocating as the indispensable foundation of a peace, sustainable peace based on uh, uh, a separate Palestinian state. In contrast, the Obama two-state model uh, should not be entertained by any uh, legitimate Palestinian leadership. It offers too little, uh, and it offers it in a, a form uh, that would not be acceptable uh, to 
the Palestinian public uh, over time, in my view, and certainly not to the uh, to Palestinian refugees, uh, refugee community, and it would not be uh, uh, acceptable, of course, to Hamas. Uh, and so the notion of this Obama model uh, is one that uh, continues the global mirage of a negotiation uh, to a bridge to nowhere. It's essentially a bridge to nowhere. Uh, and so the so where does this leave us if, if both of these uh, ways of thinking about the two-state solution seem not viable as political projects? How should we think about the, the present situation? And what I would say, and I realize that it may uh, seem provocative, is that no image of an end game or a solution at this time is possible as a viable political project. In other words, what I'm really trying to express is that the political preconditions uh, for achieving a sustainable and just peace do not presently exist. And we should not fool ourselves and others by pretending that they do. It's not something without consequence. This process of pretending that this kind of outcome uh, would be uh, feasible has continued ever since 1967. Uh, which it was sort of prefigured in uh, the canonical Security Council Resolution 242. Uh, but nothing has happened except the massive expansion of Israeli settlements, the consolidation of control over Jerusalem. In other words, time has not been neutral. The Palestinians have lost and the Israelis have gained. And that, behind that, uh, and th they have been able to do that behind the mirage that a two-state solution was in the cards, was, and that that was the way uh, to solve the problem. I think the South African experience is very instructive in terms of political preconditions. If one uh, tried to think about a multiracial post-apartheid South Africa uh, in the late 1980s or early 90s, it would have seemed like a meaningless exercise. There was no political transition uh, that could be imagined. But what happened was that the combination of ANC resolve and the global anti-apartheid campaign uh, led to a radical recalculation of the uh, 
alternatives available to the white elite that was uh, governing South Africa. And what they did was entirely unexpected. No one anticipated that Nelson Mandela would be released from prison after 27 years there. And that act of releasing him from prison was a signal that the political preconditions for making the transition to a post-apartheid South Africa existed. And at that point, negotiations made sense and there was no difficulty in uh, uh, constituting a constitutional framework within which this multiracial uh, democracy could be embodied. See, and what I'm really uh, trying to emphasize is that these political preconditions, which cannot be anticipated fully, but the climate within which they can occur can be generated. And, the, and in my view, given the failures of the intergovernmental approach, the, uh, the diplomacy under either uh, US or UN or EU guidance has been such a failure for so long that where, uh, where there is hope and where there are possibilities is in relation to the gathering momentum of global civil society, the, uh, the BDS campaign, the whole notion of a global solidarity movement in collaboration with continuing uh, Palestinian uh, steadfastness and uh, resistance. That, so the, the, the most important development is to wage this legitimacy war within civil society with the militant dimension of uh, seeking to expand the divestment and uh, boycott features of this movement. A second element uh, seems to me to be the 